everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for stopping by. This is episode 59 as we recap a crazy sports weekend. That's why it's called Trades, Withdrawals, and Soccer Madness, episode 59. I uh, hope you guys had a fantastic weekend wherever you guys may be listening to this. Uh, here in Houston, starting to feel like summer a little bit. Uh, the weather is getting hotter. Every now and then we see a storm pop up. That's what happens here in the summertime. But it is starting to crank up as far as heat is concerned. And uh, these weekends are going to be nice to enjoy some outdoor activities. The uh, pool in my neighborhood just opened up, and the pool is literally right across the street from where we are in our house here in the subdivision we live in in Katy. So uh, I'm seeing families and kids jump into the pool all the time, and uh, uh, it's time. Summertime is here. I can't wait to get out to the pool. Can't wait to get out to the beach. I'm uh, going to get vaccinated soon. I know I'm a little late to that ball game, but uh, I've kind of gone back and forth on the whole vaccination thing. Uh, something has always told me not to get it. Uh, I was initially going to get the Johnson Johnson vaccine. You know what? Before we keep going, I'm, I'll, I'll talk about my vaccine story in a second. But uh, go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast. Let me get the uh, business matters out of the way first. If you haven't done so already, what are you doing? Uh, it's time to get that done. Uh, Got to get these numbers, these download numbers up. And I appreciate all the support so far from the folks that have been downloading, have been listening. And, um, yeah, it means a lot to get the support. And I think I've kind of honed in on how many of these podcasts I'm going to do a week. I think I'm going to do three a week. I was a little uh, ambitious, if you will, to do one every day. Uh, but when you're at home with two kids and trying to go on shoots, coming back, picking kids up from school, this I, I can't do it every day. I, I, I've realized that I cannot do it every day. So I'm going to do it every three days. Monday, bleh, can't talk. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is when the podcast is going to be posted. Some of those will have interviews. Some of them won't. Today we won't have an interview. I'm just going to kind of give my thoughts on some of the sports stuff that's going on. But uh, that's the schedule for now, three days a week. We're going to transition to the studio here in the next month. I think we're going to be back in our station, back in the studio. We haven't been full-time back in the station since March of last year. Uh, I've been back a couple of times to anchor, but uh, that's the plan, that we're going to be back in the station as a staff, hopefully in July. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. So once we get there, I'm going to incorporate a video, video element. So we're going to kind of get this thing really going once that happens, too. All right, back to the vaccination question. Um, so I was initially going to get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, even going back further. Like when all the vaccines started coming out, I even told myself back then, I'm like, man, I'm getting this vaccine. I want to get back to normal. I, I don't want to wear a mask anymore. When I go to the grocery store, I want, I just want to live a normal life. So I told myself I was going to get the vaccine as soon as they came out. Well, I didn't do that. And then I realized, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe let's kind of give a feel out process here. How do people react to it? This and that. So then as that process has gone along, it's been months and months and months. And then I was going to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, but then that whole issue came up. The CDC stopped the Johnson & Johnson vaccine from being distributed. And I was like, whoa, hold on. Let's tap the brakes here on getting this vaccine. I don't know what's going on. Not that I'm an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. I just, you know, be a little cautious. You're injecting yourself with something that, you know, has just come out over the last several months. So... Myself, I, I had something inside me tell me that I, I, you know, don't get it. Just, just don't get it. Just wait, wait it out. My whole family's gotten it, 
And uh, I, I'm the last one. So I finally decided, you know what, I'm, I'm around my parents all the time, around my grandfather all the time, got kids at home. I'm going to be going out, doing stories, shooting, maybe even traveling. Um, I might as well do it, just offer an extra layer of protection. I don't know. I don't even know if I've had COVID, honestly. I may have been asymptomatic at one point, and I didn't get tested. I think I've been tested like five or six times. Every time has been negative. But uh, I may have had it already, and if that's the case, then I don't really need the vaccine. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and get it. Uh, I think this week is the time. But who knows? Tomorrow I may change my mind. That's where I'm at with the vaccine. So that's what I got going on this week. But let's dive into some sports topics, if you will. The, the big story coming out this weekend was the uh, Julio Jones trade and how it impacts things in the AFC. You know, my first initial thought on the whole thing was I wish that it mattered for people here in Houston what what Julio Jones going to the Titans means. Uh, but it's not going to really matter for us here in Houston because the Texans, well, the Texans are going to struggle this year. It has been well documented uh, that that team is in a, a really tough spot. And while they may have some uh, talented pieces in certain areas, they're not going to be uh, very good in 2021. So the games against the Titans were already going to be hard to win. Well, you can add uh, another layer of difficulty, if you will, because now Julio Jones with the Titans makes them really, really good. But I tell you what, though, the thing with that is, you know, people talking about them being a Super Bowl contender. And yeah, you could throw them in there because they got a lot of talent offensively. Uh, I think the onus now is on Ryan Tannehill to help make that work and he's been really good in Tennessee since he came over there he's kind of had a, a reimagining of his career if you will uh but the onus is on him to make all that work I mean they got a great running back they got a great running game and now with A.J. Brown Julio Jones they got some good tight ends they're thinking about maybe adding some more pieces offensively that offense is going to be really good and can compete with the likes of Kansas City the big question for Tennessee is whether that defense can stop anybody and that's why they put so much stock in the draft of uh, picking up guys in the secondary, some pass rushers. You know, they signed Jadavian Clowney. That never that never really materialized in anything. He was hurt, couldn't really get on the field consistently. But that's where the Titans have their issues is on defense. And, you know, if you want to beat Kansas City, and that's the team everybody's gunning for in the AFC, you're going to have to stop Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have to put some pressure on him. And even in the back end, you have to make some plays too. And that's where the Titans' biggest question mark is. Offensively, they're going to score. They're going to score even more points now with Julio Jones. But, you know, a lot of people are talking about the Colts. I don't know about the Colts. Carson Wentz, he's, you know, reuniting with Frank Wright over there in uh, uh, Indianapolis. The two were uh, together in Philly and won a Super Bowl, actually, before Carson Wentz got hurt that year that they won a Super Bowl. He was excellent. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking that, you know, Carson Wentz will have himself uh, a reawakening, if you will, about of his career. But um, I think it's Tennessee's to lose. Jacksonville is going to be – Interesting to watch more so than in years past, that's for sure, because of Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and some of the young talent they have. Urban Meyer, I think he's going to be successful there. But it may take a couple of years for that uh, train to really get rolling. But it's Tennessee's division to lose. And like I said off the top with this uh, topic, I just wish it mattered here in Houston because, uh, you know, the Texans going through OTAs. And, I mean, honestly, like, the city just doesn't care. I mean, I, I wish that wasn't the case, but the city has, I mean, they, why would they care? I mean, the Deshaun Watson situation really sucked the air out of this whole balloon. I mean, 
even before all the off-the-field stuff happened, the whole thing about him wanting to get traded and the Easterby stuff, people are just sick and tired of it. Canceling season tickets. I mean, why waste money on a product that's not going to deliver victories in the way it should be, if, especially if you have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. So even if he's here, they're going to struggle. I don't think Deshaun plays another down for the Texans, but, I mean, I just don't think people in this town care. I mean, Texas OTAs usually are, you know, we're talking to guys and seeing what the new rookies have to offer. I just, there's there's no excitement for this team in this city right now. It is very it is very dull. And then when J.J. left, that I mean, that was really the other interesting piece. And now that he's gone, you're kind of left to wonder, okay, well, who's left? I mean, we have Whitney Merciless. We have Justin Reed. Who else do we have on this team? I mean, we have uh, Brandon Cooks. Um, even Will Fuller's gone. I mean, David Johnson. I mean, like, there's no excitement with this team right now, and I just don't see any excitement coming anytime soon. I mean, you're going to have the hardcore fans that are going to be supporting them all the time, but, I mean, there's just this real big apathy with the team. I mean, the coach is excitable, I guess. I mean, he, he loves football. He loves being there, but it's just there's nothing there. I mean, Davis Mills was signing autographs this weekend at a TriStar show. Like, who wants a Davis Mills autograph? <laughs> I, I mean, there's no excitement. We need to see this kid on the field, and he's already signing autographs and people are buying it. I don't understand that, but uh, that's big business, too. That, that's, a, that's a whole other topic of conversation. So, anyway, with, with regards to Julio Jones, I think that's where we're at. I mean, it, it, they, they become a Super Bowl contender if they weren't already, but uh, if Julio could stay healthy, man, that's going to open up things not just for him but for A.J. Brown on the other side. I mean, they got a lot of, a lot of positive things going on there in Tennessee, and it, it's, it's win or go home for Mike Vrabel, man. Uh, he's, he's putting all the eggs in the basket. He got a second-round pick for Julio. And they're, they're trying to win. They're trying to win now. They see their window. Because other than Kansas City, you got, what, Buffalo and Baltimore. And uh, Baltimore beat Tennessee last year in the playoffs. That rivalry is really good. So I wouldn't be surprised if those two teams match up again. But um, I think those are the four teams in the AFC that you consider contenders. Buffalo, Kansas City, Tennessee, and uh, Baltimore. Those four uh, will battle it out to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, Julio's heading to Music City. That was a that was a big time news story this weekend. The other uh, subject from my, the title of this podcast, withdrawals, it, it has to do with uh, John Rahm and the PGA Tour. Uh, did you guys see this over the weekend? John Rahm posted just an absolutely incredible third round score. I mean, he he finishes his second round on Saturday. This is at the Memorial Tournament in Dublin, Ohio. Right, so he, he 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 finishes his second round with a hole in one. He has a hole in one on Saturday morning, and then he starts his third round, and he absolutely kills it on the third round. He had six birdies and three pars on the back nine in his third round. I mean, the guy just blitzed the course, and he put himself six strokes up heading into the final day of competition. I mean, he was he, he basically wrapped this thing up unless he completely cratered on Sunday. But as he's finishing up, officials with the PGA came up to him, and it's all caught on camera. If you haven't seen it, go to my Twitter page. I have all those videos posted on there. It's just heartbreaking stuff. The officials come up and tell him that he has tested positive for COVID-19, completely asymptomatic. He got tested on Monday. He got tested on Tuesday and Wednesday, even on Thursday. He had like three or four tests during the week. Nothing came back positive, and then that final one did come back Nothing came back positive, 
And then that final one does come back positive. Kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, because of positive, negative, or whatever. And so he's heartbroken, man. He would have won over a million dollars. And he had to withdraw from the tournament. And I guess my question is, like, he's just been playing in this, right? And golf inherently is... I'm having trouble hearing you. Siri, I'm not talking to you. I need to really take my Apple Watch off when I do this podcast. Because that's happened several times now. And she keeps interrupting. Okay. I go back to what I was saying. Like, golf is inherently a socially distanced sport. So, I mean, it's one more day of competition. Everybody is kept away from him. He could have played his final round by himself. I don't understand why they couldn't have made some kind of adjustment to the rule because this guy just put in a whole bunch of work in a couple of days to get himself in position to win this tournament. I just think that some of these things need to be relaxed. I mean, nobody in the crowd is wearing masks. If you, you had seen that tournament in, on CBS, nobody's wearing masks. And I think we're, we're getting past this whole thing, right? And I, I just think there could have been another way to get this guy to play his final round, even if he plays by himself. Even if his caddy is with him and his caddy is okay with going out there and it's fine, I just think there was there should have been some way for that guy to finish that round. Because, I mean, he was upset. Other golfers were upset for him. And I think it's one of those cases where, you know, these pro leagues, they kind of stick to their guns on these things, and they don't want to adjust of what's going on. But I, I think every case is different. There's a lot of nuance in this world. And that there's a lot of nuance. And I, a lot of things this year, this year and the last couple of years, especially when it comes to politics, everything is so um, one way or the other. Like you can't you can't be somewhere in the middle. Every but everything has nuance in life, right? And I think this is one of those cases where there 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 should have been some kind of evaluation. It's like okay, okay, so he tested positive. He's asymptomatic. We we have to figure out some kind of way here to at least let this guy finish, let this guy continue because I mean he's on the cusp of winning this thing, especially because he was so good. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's a sports fan in me trying to figure out some kind of way to keep competitive balance keep going with uh, the competitive spirit of the sport but i just think there's there should have been something done in that situation i just felt bad for him like i said all the other golfers felt bad for him too and uh john rom he had to withdraw from the memorial tournament even though he was winning by six shots would have won over a million dollars crazy 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 story that happened on saturday late afternoon uh okay Soccer madness. Holy cow. Did you guys watch that USA-Mexico match? Uh, I, I got to be honest. I didn't watch most of that game, most of that match, game, match. That's one of the things that bothers me about soccer folks here in the U.S. They, they still use the terminology like you're playing overseas, like the match and we're level instead of being tied. Like, bro, we're here in the U.S. We say tied. And not level. We're not level. We're tied. Uh, and they use kits instead of uniforms. Like we say uniforms, not kits. I, I, that's one of those things that's kind of always irked me a little bit. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, that I didn't see the first about 80 minutes of it. Eight, no, about 85 minutes of it because I was working on Sports Extra, editing some stuff. Kids were having to go to bed. So I, I didn't really watch the first 85 minutes of it. I'm following on Twitter, and I see the U.S. ties the game late. Uh, at two, two to two. So I, after I finished editing, finished all my work, I sit down and watch this thing. And honestly, the the craziness was just getting started when I sat down. Because if you guys didn't see it, first of all, 
right after the game ends, they go to like a little break, like an intermission uh, of sorts, and they go to the CBS broadcast, and they're 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 playing in Denver at Mile High Stadium, and so uh, they cut to the broadcast, and all of a sudden, some fan runs onto the broadcast set and then jumps off of the set. I don't even know where he landed. I don't know if security, I don't know if they were taking a nap. Security just let this guy in, and security was in trying to chase him. Again, that video's on my Twitter feed if you haven't seen it. It was pretty wild, but that was just the start of it because then in the uh, extra period, I think they had to stop the match, or was it before that, somewhere around that? They had to stop the match for a short time because some of the fans from Mexico were chanting racial, racial slurs. And so, like, they stop it, and it's a big uh, initiative now with FIFA. They stopped the match uh, to calm everybody down. The Mexican players were upset. They were telling the fans to just quit it, to cut it out. And then so then they restarted the match, and then there was a penalty given to the U.S., and Christian Pulisic, who had just won the Champions League with Chelsea, who they called Captain America, he puts in the game-winning goal, ended up being the game-winning goal. And then uh, Evan Horvath, I think it's Horvath is his name, he stops, he's the goalkeeper for the U.S., who came in as a replacement. He stops the uh, Mexican penalty, who they were awarded one because there was a handball in the U.S. in the box. He stops the penalty, the U.S. wins. There's stuff being thrown out of the field, bottles are being thrown, they're hitting players. Uh, one Mexican player gets hit in the head with a bottle. A U.S. player nearly gets concussed because he gets hit in the head with a bottle. There's stuff all over the field. I mean, it was total craziness out there. And, look, as much as, you know, there's a lot of people that give soccer a hard time. They don't really understand it, especially here in this country because it is the the world's game, right? Everywhere else around the world, that's the number one sport except here. Uh, but, I mean, there's nothing better than international soccer competition like that. I mean, the intensity. I, don't, I mean, I never even heard of the tournament they were playing in, like the CONCACAF Nations League this is the first one. I never even heard of it. And this was really the first time this new generation of U.S. players had played together. Uh, and I think there's a lot riding on this generation because they, they've tried to reinvent what U.S. soccer is all about because it's been so uh, non-competitive on the international stage as far as success of the World Cup goes. So they're trying to uh, get this new crop of players in, and they look great last night, especially from what I saw. They look great. Um, and this was one of the first matches they played together now as they gear up for uh, qualification for the World Cup next year, which is going to be in Qatar. Um, but the World Cup is one of the best sporting events around, and I love it. I, I love uh, watching the World Cup. I think it's it's a phenomenal event. I'm a big Brazil guy, um, so when the World Cup comes around, I don't even cheer for the U.S. I, I cheer for Brazil. If Brazil's playing the U.S., I cheer for Brazil. Like, that's that's how hardcore I am when it comes to Brazilian soccer. My dad did a lot of business in Brazil when I was younger. He would bring me soccer jerseys from Brazil, and I started watching the Brazilian team uh, back in 94? Was it 90? Yeah, I think it was 94 when the World Cup was here in the U.S., uh, the last time that it was here, and Brazil ended up winning that World Cup. And so uh, I got really into uh, Brazilian soccer. They, you know, Brazil's... Arguably the best uh, soccer-playing nation in the country. They got the most World Cup titles, tied I think with Germany, or are they tied? Or I'm not sure at this point. But I have a Brazil jersey. I wear it every single World Cup, and it's uh, it's an event that I'm looking forward to. But uh, it's nice to see though the U.S. They might be a little bit more competitive. They have to get to the World Cup. They didn't qualify this last time, and that's embarrassing. Uh, a nation as big as the U.S. with as many resources as the U.S. You have to qualify for the World Cup. 
no uh, question about it. Like you, there, it's unacceptable to not qualify for the World Cup if you the United States. So uh, that should be uh, an entertaining uh, World Cup qualifying tournament uh, as we get going here. I think in the next month or two, I think they're going to really start that up. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. The matches against Mexico are always fun. The Mexican fans are so passionate about it. I can only imagine what was being said on Mexican uh, television today. I mean, they must have been irate at the referee that uh, called the penalty on them late, and they're, they're just upset with their players because that's a veteran squad that Mexico has. That team has been in the World Cup. They've played together a lot. But then these upstart Americans beat them, and I think that's uh, that was really cool. It was really fun to watch a game like that, especially on a Sunday night when there was really nothing else going on except for uh, Mayweather beating the crap out of uh, what, whatever that go, Logan Paul or uh, whatever. That's all a show. Mayweather was obviously going to beat the crap out of him. Uh, I just can't believe people paid money to see that. Why would you pay money to see that? I mean, I could use my 50 bucks on something else, like a nice dinner with my wife, go spend 50 bucks I, instead of watching uh, just a sideshow. But people, yeah, that's that's why they do it, because people buy it, and people people will go to these events, and uh, Mayweather beat the crap out of this uh, Logan Paul guy. So uh, I think, is it Logan Paul? Shoot, I don't even know at this point. Let me Let me look that up real quick, because... Uh, let me see, Mayweather, oh, Mayweather, you know my phone is all messed up here, uh, Mayweather versus, yeah, Logan Paul, that's what it was, Logan Paul, and my, my phone's acting up, my kids have dropped it so much that I think I need to get a new one here, which is not welcome news, because these phones are so ridiculously expensive, but, uh, Anyway, I'm going to have to look into that, too, because I can't really make phone calls, and it's dropping phone calls, and that's a sign where mm, it's time to make a change. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, Astros, nice series with uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, they have a tough schedule coming up, too. I mean, they play the White Sox coming up, I know, here on Father's Day weekend. That's a series that I'm very interested in. Uh, but the Blue Jays are tough. That's a, young, that's a young, talented team up there. they got a lot of offense, but the Astros played really well. Except for uh, Saturday when Jose Arquiti found too much of the plate, according to Dusty Baker. Um, and then what else is going? Oh, major shout out by the way to our uh, softball teams here uh, in the city. Uh, Houston area going three for three at the state tournament this past weekend. Liberty, Deer Park, and Barber's Hill all bringing home championships, which was uh, nice to see. So congratulations to those ladies. Um, and I think that's it, right? Oh, the NBA playoffs are going on. I'm still not watching. Um. Don't care about what's going on in the NBA playoffs. Only uh, worried about June 22nd with the Rockets uh, lottery, the draft pick, where they're going to land. And hopefully the ping pong ball falls the right way for the Rockets and, get, and they get the top pick to see some uh, some young talent with that Rockets team continue to develop. But other than that, the NBA playoffs are a waste of time for me. Uh, but I do think it is nice that some of these mainstays are gone, like, LeBron James and uh, the Lakers and teams that have won championships over the last couple of years. Now we've got squads in there that have never won an NBA title, except for three. I think uh, the Sixers have won. Um, who else? There's five teams that have never won an NBA championship, and I think that's great uh, for uh, competition. I think it's great for those fan bases. They can get excited about something. If you st still see the same teams over and over again, like LeBron and all that mess, uh, I, it, that, that gets boring to me. And I'm just glad LeBron's gone. I mean, that guy, he just annoys the heck out of me. 
especially in his post-game press conference, you know, it seemed like he had totally checked out. He said, no, nah, I'm not going to play for Team USA because, as we know, he's not a fan of the country. Uh, I'm I'm not going to play for Team USA. I'm uh, I'm just going to go play against the Goon Squad for the Toon Squad. I'm like, bro, are you still, you're promoting your movie at the end of a playoff loss. Can you imagine if any other superstar had done that back in the day? They wouldn't have because they cared too much about winning. Uh, but I'm just glad LeBron's gone. I'm just I'm tired of his act. So let's bring in a new team. I'm still not going to watch, but it, it'll be nice to see that city react in a way that, uh, you know, they haven't in a long time or haven't ever. So uh, we'll see what happens in the NBA playoffs. But uh, that's going to do it. Later this week, I have a couple of interviews. On Wednesday, I'm going to catch up with an MMA fighter from here in Houston, female MMA fighter. She's fantastic. Uh, she grew up here in Houston. She has Mexican roots. She is tremendous. Uh, I think you're going to really like her. And then hopefully by the end of the week, I'm going to get that Brian Peters interview. Uh, a couple things came up at the end of last week. We couldn't get it on. But now we're going to hopefully get that on and get that done this week. And I'll post that by the end of the week. So that's going to do it for this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm done talking by myself. But thank you for listening to me. And I will see you later.